0: Yo, Joe this is episode 188 of everybody's favorite G.I. Joe podcast from South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Steve and I'm joined by my partner in crime. It's Mr. Paul Loebshire, a.k.a. Deadly Pencils. What's up, buddy?
1: Oh, not much, my man. I am chilling here. It is uh, Autumn is starting to creep in and it's looking really pretty in South Africa in a weird way because I love autumn. I am good. How are things in Australia?
0: I showed Kim Die Hard last night for the first time. Best Christmas movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas in March. Listen, man, there are certain films that I stick on that are part of her education that I actually confiscate her mobile phone for. Die Hard is such a film. I wanted her to be totally captivated without any kind of distraction. And it works, man. She was asking all the right questions. She's a very very attentive chick when she wants to be when she's not playing a damn mobile game i don't know it frustrates me no end that she mindlessly plays this stupid tetris style game while watching (laughs) films series documentaries i'm like how do you split your focus like that i'm a woman whatever
1: Uh, yeah like i i i I tend to avoid those 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 discussions because they end up uh yeah end up turning into uh, heated conversations um incidentally i also uh, sat down and uh watched a very cool movie with my lady um although not a classic like die hard um she was very in the mood for some cool horror stuff so i had dug up a trove of um Old horror movies, you know, like from the early '90s and '80s, and uh, I, I I purposely went for cosmic horror slash H.P. Lovecraft type stuff um, to sort of introduce her to that because I don't, you know, she's watched lots of horror stuff, but you know, she's never directly known if it's been H.P. Lovecraft or whatever. So we watched something called The Void, which is very good. So it's a indie film it was kickstarted. That's actually a 2000 movie, hmm. um, and then the other one is also a 2000 movie. It's called The Color of Space. Uh, which has got Jack uh, Nicholas Cage, and I always do that, Jack Nicholas, but it's Nicholas Cage. Jack, Jack <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Jack <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> 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 anyway, fantastic Awful performance lot. by him. He is so unbelievably nuts, but he's great in this movie. Also, a 2000s film, and then uh, got it to watch a classic horror movie. And I don't know how it was in your side of the world, Steve, but in my side of the world, this film was regarded as the most sata- satanic movie you could ever watch <laughs> it's called necronomicon oh,
0: and, uh, it's so it's great cool. in the immortal words of neil in heat um a needle on zero going the other way when it comes to horror i'm like whatever it's a genre that. that's totally dead to me i don't I get it but hey whatever man i guess i guess there's something very primal about a scare and the various mm. ways you can induce a scare in someone, be it a jump scare, be it a lingering uh, perpetual horror. Um, but man, it's just not my bag ever. I, t- I get I that.
1: And
0: no, you're not weird at all.
1: Like, I mean, what I'm going to say may strike you as weird, but I don't get scared in horror movies. I've, I've very seldom in my life had a moment where I've watched a horror movie and been like quite creeped out by it or had any lingering sort of terror from it. Um, I just find them to be very soothing. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. I love I horror movies just so relaxing and calming. And I got to say, I found the only other woman, I, uh, only other human being I know who has that, and she happens to be my girlfriend because she's just saying exactly the same. She's just like, this is such a cool movie. We're I mean, watching and there's like lots Jeez. of grossness. And she's just like, wow. That Have you checked so your cool.
0: pulses recently? You guys <laughs> might be undead. <laughs> We, Actually, might we might be we might but, be but yeah That's so
1: that was, those are just some of the things so yeah so you said kim enjoyed die hard i'm so happy for you like really like it's a weird thing to congratulate another man on oh congratulations Look, your wife loves die hard
0: listen dude we live in enlightened times um i mean sorry for you if you don't have a partner who who's into this stuff but like i was at my wife's baby shower yesterday which apparently men can attend now weird all right uh so the nerdiest guy in the room was being shouted down uh when he got something wrong about the mcu by a group of females we have reached a stage in in pop culture where women are down with comic book movies to the extent that if you screw up they will call you out on it it is magnificent i was like i couldn't believe my ears i wanted to film this conversation that like a group of women were all more well versed in the lore than this dude (laughs) the the one most likely to be a you know push the spectacles up on the nose gatekeeping nerd style yeah well you know
1: (laughs) so uh which one did you get wrong
0: Oh, I think it was something about Iron Man, actually. Oh, sure. I don't know, man. I, if I was, I was so agog that I that I've sweated the details completely. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> recall, but I just do recall it being a, a wonderful moment where they were all chiming in, like with detail. It's like they read the Wikipedia pages or something. Something. Anyways, let let me not be a gatekeeper myself. Uh, I almost got into trouble about that last week. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> don't need to relive it (laughs) paulie new shit baby i do believe you got something in the pipeline
1: i do i I, um i hate i always feel a bit on the spot with these but something quite magical has happened in south africa aside from autumn uh that is slowly creeping in uh he-man as in masters of the universe origins toys have started to um infiltrate the toy shelves of south african toy shops and it has been quite a magical experience uh i'm sure many of you listening to this right now um those of you guys in america and whatever have already sort of experienced this and i know you have because i've seen posts on facebook about you know he-man on the shelves it feels like 1980 again and yeah i gotta say there are a lot of south african fanboys that are absolutely losing their shit over the fact that there are he-man toys in the shop so much so that i I couldn't uh, ignore this either. And thanks to the very cool Cody Skelf, I have a He Man and Skeletor Origins figure. But lucky for me, uh, in South Africa, they've just released uh, a Battle Cat and um, Panthor, which are the sort of uh, the mounts for those characters. And it just makes those two characters just even cooler when they have their, their awesome mounts. And this time, their mounts actually have articulation. So that's great. Um, so that was fun, but the journey of it was pretty good because I had to, I I initially went to uh, a Toys R Us that I know quite well, and they only had Panther and Battle Cat in stock because as I was informed, some gentleman had come in a little bit before me and him and his friend had dropped 8,000 Rand on He-Man Masters of the Universe figures, um, And, uh, just before I arrived, so they had literally bought all of the stock, leaving three Panthers behind. I mean, how crazy is that? I haven't heard that in a long time, um, from anywhere. And so I had to then trek to another toy shop, um, who luckily for me had just received their stock and it was all thrown on the floor. And, uh, I managed to pick myself up a Hordak action figure from, from that line. And they're so cheap. And it's just magical. And I've been sucked into it. And I'm not going to collect these um, per se. cheap say, so cheap? 200 rand a figure. Ha. Huh. Lovely. Right? I mean,
0: it's like... It'd be like $15 or less.
1: Yeah, it's nothing, man. It, like, for us, it's nothing. That's like a night out. You know, or half a night out.
0: <laughs> um, but in, like... In, uh, in Australia, that's like the cost of a burrito. Just saying. Right. <laughs> wow okay well
1: you know there you go so ladies and gentlemen i mean yeah i suppose uh it's 50 rand more than a pizza you know what i mean so i just couldn't resist and it's great to have that experience you know as an adult and just be able to buy one or two of these toys and and now to you know when i went out for dinner with celia on the friday and this was literally the day after the uh, all of, uh, the toys R Us had restocked so the shelves were brimming with uh with the stuff and it was wave five so it's triclops it's stratos it's clamp champ ram man hordak ninja which i couldn't resist and picked up for myself which is one of my new purchases and of course battle cat and panthor as well as prince adam and his funny sled thingy so yeah so for me i picked up the two mounts a hordak and ninja because i initially wasn't going to pick up anybody else other than that i mean hoping i'm hoping that i find a teela at some point or that we get teela brought into the country and that they bring in that, um, skeletal with the claws, the, the terror claws skeletal, just because I have that original one still from my childhood and I love to have the updated one. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a fun experience and yeah, so I've got four, four, picked up four things and that's kind of my, my, my cap. I'm not going to buy any more. It's, it's great to have them and they're great toys and, You know, they're going to be great, like, birthday gifts for friends of mine's kids. If um, any of them have a birthday anytime soon, I'll be buying them e
0: because. Thanks for (laughs) listening, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode 188 (laughs) of Heberg, uh, the masters of the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you, Steve, anything new, uh, joke-related, perhaps? Yeah, sorry, man. I haven't got... I, I don't want to ruin or, or jinx any G.I. Joe-related stuff. I'm still waiting for an email back from a seller. That, Bro, I'm uh,
0: dying for you to jinx some G.I. Joe stuff. You know how I feel about jinx. But yes, I do have some G.I. Joe to talk about, because it's part three of my surprise box from Gary. Today, we focus on Edward J. Skyler. Huh? <laughs> If you're scratching uh, your heads, that is the file name of Starduster. What? Dude, do yes. you have any awareness of this figure whatsoever?
1: Uh, yes, I do.
0: I do okay. know that he exists. Explain. You know he uh, exists. But I mean, <laughs> what? What about him? Like, this was something that absolutely was never a feature for the South African market.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, no. The I, I I became aware of him. When I, I, if I recall correctly, they did a modern era version of him as a collectors club thingy at some point, if if memory serves. Yeah. And then um, when I was compiling my checklist uh, for my vintage figures that I needed, I I saw him obviously, and I was like, okay, cool. I mean, obviously, I'd seen him in Mark Bellomo's guide, but I mean, it's like, okay. Um, But he he turns out. uh, It turns out he's kind of. Uh, I don't know, a bit of a chase figure. He's, like, quite difficult to get your hands on. Um, That's about all I know about
0: him. Oh, my goodness. A complete starduster. I finally caved and checked what it was going for on eBay. And it's, you know, it's not a gold-head steel brigade, but it's pretty damn up there. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. Um, I mean... I don't have actual on the ground knowledge of this feature, but, uh, I've never had any reason to mistrust anything that HCC's had to say in a review. Apparently the helmet very easily splits. So oh. his helmets are becoming exceedingly rare and the figure itself. I mean, it was a mail away that you would get by sending in coupons from the action stars, cereal.
1: What? Oh, crazy. Yeah, I know.
0: And what an incredible premium to receive. Like, I would exclusively buy whatever cereal would get me a free G.I. Joe figure. Are you kidding me? That has got to be no. the coolest, like, serial offered of all time. Sure. Yeah,
1: fuck the decoder <laughs> And not
0: only that, but I mean, like, G.I. Joe Action Star serial, for however briefly it ran, would have been the kind of thing that I would have loved to, like, wake up to and rush down to the breakfast table to have that box stare me in the face. I mean, I would pe- paw naturally for hours over any cereal box that was presented to me because, you know, blary eyed in the mornings, that's all you're pretty much focused on. Mm-hmm. And the to have it advertising GI Joe stuff, not only that, but there were fun little features like um, a foldable computer console. You'll get a kick out of that. Like, they oh, had various right. like like dio pieces that you could cut from the box, I would fold the tabs, mind. put a little glue on them and have some like furniture pieces and, and equipment for your toys. Oh, no,
1: that is very accurately cool. scaled.
0: Yeah. And kind of like printed in a cartoony style, I guess, but it's no worse than the kind of sticker sheet that you would have gotten with the 1983 HQ. So yeah, it was perfect, man. Or the, 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 the Sears missile command for, for Cobra. Huh. Yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. But Stardust I it- himself, mm. I mean, he's hes a circus acrobat, apparently, who Duke oh, recruited right? and gave him a jetpack and made him an artillery spotter. He's also a pretty decent shoe-in for a uh, helicopter gunship um, machine gunner, door gunner. Uh, I mean, every tomahawk has two guns poking out of the side of it. You're you are going to run out of crazy legs and airborns eventually, so... He's certainly a great, uh, great guy to fill out a slot. That's
1: cool. And does, doesn't he have something to do with the jump as well? Or am I just. Yes. No, yeah, he was
0: packed, packed with a jump and Gary very thoughtfully included a jump with him. Uh, even a jump with its uh, laser sight intact. I was like, whoa, oh, whoa. man, that's like hen's teeth and and risking shipping that as well. Like it's, it's so thin. So, so, so thin. Anyways, uh, he has his jump. And this prompts me to ask you an interesting question that was actually posed by our buddies at Anything Joe's, the podcast. Oh, this cool. This is a question that arose from their last show. Uh, what is your stance on repro parts, Paul? We're doing a Steve Asks and Paul Answers section immediately because that helmet, buddy, that helmet is, is not easy to come by. And it kind of makes the piece, doesn't it?
1: I think it totally does. It gives him a lot of character. Because th- he doesn't have an original face sculpt, does he? He's using somebody else's face sculpt or head sculpt, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I'm not even Hulk. looking at the end Yeah.
0: Mm, he's yeah. got the hawk, uh, short black hair. ace, yes, with black hair. Yeah. The helmet is the same color, or should be the same color, powder blue, as the rest of him. And it has a black star or black outline and a clear star kind of tampered to the front and has a black visor, which, according to the cereal box art, uh, should be kind of smoky, smoky opaque. But uh, uh, they just went with black plastic, which is kind of a cool look. I'm not going to lie. I like okay. it on Thunder, and I like it on Starduster. It really does like that, balance the figure I like, nicely. I like
1: that helmet, though. I think that's a very cool helmet. It's so hokey, it just works for me like it it, getting back to the
0: question paul
1: yeah yeah not to avoid the question um repro parts man i
0: have you got any in your collection
1: i i i do have one repro part in my collection jim godfrey gifted me a moray um the light uh the the lens for the for the search light that is a repro part um i don't know how it was done because it looks beautiful It, it doesn't look like a repro part um, how do I feel about repro figures or repro parts or whatever? I'm actually totally done with it. I'm I'm so done with it. In fact, that I just I I I would like to, in future, at least this year, start releasing some of my own. Um, and they wouldn't be repros; they'd just be my own original creations. But I'm so done with that, especially because it's one thing to and and this is something I'd like to get into in this show as well about collecting and collecting goals, but there comes a point where you kind of have to ask yourself, is it really important to you to have that original piece from 1983? Or is it okay just to have a copy of it, that it looks good enough for your collection and that you, you know, that perhaps you're not going to sell, you know, or, or whatever. So, or does it improve, you know, will it improve the figure, for example? Like I know for a fact, I would love if we, if somebody actually went over all of the common broken crotch figures, you know, like, um, monkey wrench, for example, and leather, uh, leather neck, leather head, uh, who leather neck, <laughs> Beachhead. Beachhead's head, head's crotch no. always flies off. at uh, you know, There's, moments' Exactly. I'd love it if somebody went and actually did repros of those crotches of those waist pieces, uh, or hip pieces, because, with, with a bit of an improvement there to prevent that from happening. I'd be totally down for that because that is, it, 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 I'm worried that, like, in the hunt for us to try and find all of these parts, eventually, at some point, you know, that well is going to dry up and we are going to be left with broken, crotched figures and things like that. And it's just going to make unbroken stuff, or yeah, it's going to make unbroken stuff just more and more expensive, which is really cool if you're like, die hard and that's what you've dedicated all of your earnings and and stuff for but for, for those of us uh, for some of us schlubs who are quite happy to have repro pieces i am down with that man
0: i'm totally down with it i just think it, well, it does get it will, yeah. will will the plastic not outlast the size of joe collectors who, who who pine for this stuff what i mean by that is you're worried that the supply will dwindle and run out yeah. I'm gonna throw in an X factor and say that Joe collectors are obviously aging out, give it 20, 30, 40 years, and th- the amount of Joe merch then popping up on estate sales will quickly obviously outstrip store. will quickly yeah. outstrip the amount of us still left standing. Mm. So so th- there are f- so many factors going into this. I mean actuarial scientists out there i'd be interested to know your findings particularly uh just kind of playing the numbers game of how many of us are still out there rapidly collecting i mean i do think it's reached a peak and mm. the only way from a peak is down right yeah that's true yeah interesting but so like- but paul mm. repro bottom line you're okay with it cool i'm Reaper okay with apart. it bottom line yeah i'm done with it nice Okay. You say that that lens is actually indistingu- indistinguishable from the original. Yeah. Now, some might say that's a problem. Like, if you're going to have repro parts, give them an intended tell. So that at least to the trained eye, you yeah. can't be fooled. Um, it's, the, <laughs> it's funny that this came up in the last episode of WandaVision, but uh, the ship of Theseus, where <laughs> you know, if, you start, if you start replacing all the timbers from this ancient ship... Uh, eventually, none of the original parts will remain. And can you mm. still say that it's the ship of Theseus if Theseus never touched a single board on it? Mm. Mm. No, that mm. that is true.
1: And and as collectors, I think we very much relate to that. Hey, I mean, it's a point of pride for me to like, for example, have a code commander and something, and like, go, wow, this toy is actually as old as I am. Uh, and that's just something I've sort of picked up from you. But you know how you like a G.I. Joe that's been played with a little bit, that's got a bit of play wear? I, I definitely enjoy that um, to a large degree because then that way I sort of know that I'm getting an original Joe or original stuff because it has got that weathering to it. It's like a patina. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> As, um, I can't help it, but 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 think that there's, there's a slightly different feel. You know, the, the original Hasbro part... Was machined in a factory um, under quite high standards of uh, production. Mm. I mean, I feel like original Joes had far fewer mishaps uh, and 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 common factory errors that we see. And, and the production run was that much larger, so it seems almost more impressive that the quality checks were were higher back then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you think about how many defects were in the 50th anniversary, for instance, yes. those figures are rife. It's almost one-to-one. Like <laughs> you have uh, a, a, a toss of the coin, whether you're going to get a Destro with, with perfect arms or Destro with like a tricep where his bicep should be as in the yeah, case of yours, Paul.
1: Or rather what you should say is, is to get a figure that actually looks great is more of a rare, is a rarity.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So in the vastness of the numbers that were the original gi joe run it seemed like they'd cracked the the qc issues uh, early on and it, it mm-hmm. just had an excellent standard and so i'm always concerned that like a repro part will just feel a little bit cheap because it has to be i mean these are yeah. low print these are low run numbers and 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 working you know it's, it's very third party it's very independent it's very you and me kind of doing business black major for instance I think yep. his stuff is great and vibrant and wonderful uh, additions to the family. But once again, like uh, like uh, like I heard on the last episode of Anything Joes, you can feel the difference. You can. put a Black Major figure in my, my hand, blindfolded with the original in the other hand, you'll be able to tell. They just Ooh. have a different feel. They move different. Um, they do have issues. Like that Night Viper that you got me. Yeah. The visor doesn't fit as finely as the originals like it is not machined quite the same way so it stresses in certain places and it cracks in certain places and it just doesn't move as sexily as one might remember the original part to move so Uh, i guess that's that's Hmm. that's my that's my concern with repro parts like sometimes it's immaterial sometimes it's a fan tail railing which hell you could just bend a piece of wire really but if you want the authentic looking plastic piece and it's not something that articulates and it's not something that will have any motion to it um that would give it away and it's not something that you just des- necessarily handle a lot uh sure if it's purely cosmetic bam but if it's a piece that you're actually applying pressure to and playing with and manipulating like an action figure yeah man um I'm, I'm less enchanted with it Anyway, yeah, I, am I going to get I, a Duster from black major for the helmet quite possibly yes
1: well <laughs> <laughs> i think that's uh, i i think that's the the thing like are you a are you a purist collector or are you a collector that enjoys having all of the gear so that you can have proper adventures with your toy you know what i mean that's kind yeah. of i think where it boils down to
0: I'm on the yeah, verge I'm- of potentially releasing a a how to or before and after video on YouTube. It's not really my thing, but I did do a hydrogen peroxide treatment on Starduster. Cool. He was a kind of lime green when he got to me. And hey, any Starduster is a good Starduster. I'm over the moon. This is a figure that I never considered getting for myself. So once again, thank you, Gary. But I decided to, to take the plunge and, and give him a little bit of a bleach. And the results are not perfect, but as close as damn it. I mean, he's no longer green, green. He's a sort of a, a mint and it's a delightful color. Actually, I've created a new Starduster. Unfortunately, the, the process has been quite uniform on him. So he's not mm-hmm. patchy. Like sometimes you get like one half of the sleeve like the back half is, is still yellowed and the front half comes up nicely. He's entirely like that mint ice cream flavor look. I'll post oh, some wow. pictures up for the YouTube version if you uh, want to take a gander right about now. But I, I quite like his look. It's very unique. It's very appealing and certainly an improvement on the sun damaged look that he had before. Well, that's... So that's a win. That's a win for hydrogen peroxide, man. I used just just three percent and gave it an entire weekend's worth of sun. So essentially three afternoons, three three days.
1: That is actually great because I have got an old snake eyes that is going a little bit green on the arms. It's just a torso. And um that's gonna be my sort of guinea pig for the peroxide thing. So I'd like to do that to my cobra commander because he's a little bit
0: a little bit green, you know, or
1: he should be a bit more blue.
0: But I'm like, well, be advised. <laughs> yeah, look, the, the, there are trade-offs. There will always be trade-offs and compromises, and it would be um, negligent of me not to mention that the plastic on the arm connections, so where the rivet goes in, is mm. a different plastic to the forearms. So, mm. and 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 probably to the sleeve as well, the upper sleeve. So, if you were to do Cobra commander, for instance, I would fully expect that. Plastic to react slightly differently; mm. it might fade and become a very, very pale blue, whereas the rest will become a more vibrant blue. So be advised. Uh, you know, t- watch as much material as you can on YouTube. Um, I know Form BX two five seven did a great video, uh, and he published results on a variety of figures, be it Cutter, Spirits, and CC. So, wow. Yeah. 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 So take, take a gander at what the results could be. Um, there's also a, another product out there, which I'm not familiar with. It's a foam, uh, which has more drastic results. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, but if you want to whiten figures, I believe it's particularly good. Uh, but anyways, I'll leave you to do your own re- uh, research. All I'm saying is 3% hydrogen peroxide did a lovely job in reducing the the yellowing and the greening of my amazing Stardust, to figure who I'm more in love with now than ever before. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. And thank you, Gary. Very, very thoughtful gift, a valuable gift and one that I will treasure to my dying day friend.
1: Yeah. Gary has a way of, in fact, all of our, um, contributors you know the guys who have sent us toys and stuff have always have all sent us like very special things you know and gary is no exception with that um and and it's just it's so cool guys thank you so much you have no idea um which actually in in a weird way sort of segues into what i wanted to get into is like collecting goals we have a topic we have a topic we have a topic.
0: It's going to be brief, and some of these questions are more for you <laughs> because I'm curious. Um, Paul, I, I got nothing to say, man. I thought this is all going to be you because I've, <laughs> I've actually I've vetoed this topic a number of times. If I was to go back over our, our uh, off-air chats, you have wanted to pause this question, and I've been like, no, Paul. No. Why, why would anyone want to hear us yammer on about what we need? What we want, what our goals are, with our collections, because everyone's got a different approach. It's not a and one. Therein lies the beauty. Yeah, yeah. So, if you, event. dear listener, want to hear what Stephen Paul's collecting goals are, listen further. If not, <laughs> well, I won't. Uh, I won't. I won't be angry if you uh, point your feet towards the door. But, but no, I mean, by all means, you can't set them up like that. That's not cool. <laughs> no look maybe in answering these questions for ourselves it will give you pause for thought over how you regard your collecting i don't know paul you're supposed to introduce this topic what am i doing talking still
1: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) okay so i set off a few years ago i set myself up to to go for a completed vintage uh figure collection in gi joe so that doesn't necessarily mean all of the vehicles and I gave myself a few conditions. Those conditions are that I wouldn't try to kill myself to get things like European exclusives. I wouldn't try to kill myself to get, uh, all of the vehicle drivers, looks at toll booth and, um, and, uh, what's his name? Payload. And, uh, I wouldn't try to get all
0: of the mail, mail top and payload. Thank you. Yeah. Hard top. Yeah. Him too. <laughs> toll booth can be had pretty inexpensively
1: is it okay well that's good i kept on thinking for some reason he was a bit of a a difficult acquisition but then there are some like sort of exceptions to that rule because some of the vehicle drivers as you know are quite popular in the series in the cartoon series and in the comic book so characters like zartan that are classified as vehicle drivers wild weasel um copperhead i know that andrew likes that one quite a lot um so those were my exceptions those were like guys that i wanted to have because you know i have some kind of connection to those characters so i am now sitting in a position where i am uh, for 1980 specifically 1980 not 1990 1983 to 1989 which is kind of my gamut um i have got i need 13 14 more figures to complete that which you must understand for me is a very magical thing. I never, ever, ever thought in my life that I would have all of the GI Joes released on cards between the years 1983 and 1988. And this hasn't been like a blind collecting thing, okay? Um, And this is where this topic comes in, why I was curious to also, like I would love to hear feedback in the comments because I'd like to carry this feedback over into the next episode and I'd like to hear what, what Steven's goals are with regards oh, to. Oh, and if because- you could
0: leave a like uh on this video, that'd be great too. Thanks. It helps or- us more than we know. Like apparently we don't really know. don't I'm, know. I'm, it helps us I'm, a lot. Pa- <laughs> I'm parroting what I've heard from other shows far more successful than ours. Hey man, I think our success is great. I think this is the the, the, the glass ceiling of G.I. Joe hardcore. Uh but hey why not suggest us to your friends? <laughs> They'll be completely mystified by what we have to say about this obscure toy line and becoming more obscure by the day, sadly. Boo! If you're listening to this on a podcatcher, why not leave us a review? I think we have had one iTunes review in our history. I think I might do a backflip if uh, we get a second, because that first podcast review is written by yours truly <laughs> yes paul we can review our own stuff why don't you uh why don't you take the hint brother
1: okay well hint taken okay
0: wow drop us five stars or drop us one star either way just drop us if you can because <laughs> you Please know. continue
1: anyway so yeah i'm sitting here and i'm like i got 13 figures to go on this line and I'm super, super excited. Whoa, and did you get one in the interim? I no, sorry, 14. 14. It's yeah. 14 figures. And, Ladies and gentlemen, and,
0: he's buying figures while we're podcasting. And technically, I mean, to be fair, actually it is
1: 13 because Jim sent me, a, I mean, Bart sent me a message the other day just to say he's confirmed one of them for me, which is great news, actually. <laughs> so it is actually 13. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, like... This is like, this is a major thing for me. And I'm curious, what are you, our listeners, what are your collecting goals? Like I, I recently, we had a message from a gentleman who said uh, that he's recently gotten back into to getting some toys, but he doesn't want to have a full collection. He just grabbed a handful of the stuff that mattered to him, right? So he was like, oh, he grabbed himself a snake eyes and that's kind of, you uh, know, and, uh, and uh, I, I think it was like, five figures or so and he's really happy with it that's what he wants that's what matters to him and that's totally cool I I, I think I don't think you have to have a a whole G.I. Joe collection you know to be a G.I. Joe collector or anything like that so I'm going to point this at Steve (laughs) who has curiously muted his mic Uh,
0: hey man I don't live alone (laughs) I know I know clean audio must be maintained kind of yeah so what are you like
1: what uh, do you actually have a collecting goal with your GI Joes or you, are, are you sort of very happy with where you're at with your Joes or are you discovering new figures that get you excited? How, how's it working for you at the moment?
0: Well, the last time we tabled this discussion, I think I settled on my collecting goal for my collection is to have a property large enough to display it mm. uh, because I'm very happy with what I've got. I've got mm. more than I ever bargained for uh, mm. out of out of my Joe collecting. More than the child Steve could have ever imagined playing with. So much in fact that when I am surrounded my, by my collection it becomes difficult for me to decide, okay, do I want to take that one off the shelf or do I want to take that one off the, the shelf? Do I want to play in the early 80s, the mid 80s, the late 80s, the 90s or beyond? What like I fight myself constantly. Mm. But I must say that, you know, without dragging down the proceedings too much, being nine time zones away from home uh, makes me miss my collection. So Mm. (laughs) my collecting goals at the moment are to be reunited with my collection. Because while I have a wonderful selection of great toys here with me, it is limited. Yeah. Dude, I have a flag and a defiant. I mean, that, that just says it all. Wh- yeah. What more do I need from G.I. Joe once those massive, incredible, historical items have been ticked off? I'm like, I'm done, son. I'm, it's, it's time to just sit back and enjoy the accumulation of a lifetime's collecting. Because, and, it, you know, like some people took a little time off and they made up for it in their adult life. Oh, boy. I mean, if I look at how quickly you have bought your, your vintage O-ring collection, I, I'm staggered. <laughs> because literally, I, I've been collecting this since the age of four to get a collection that is now, in terms of figures, smaller than yours. Crazy.
1: I actually, very well, I, crazy. I didn't, I didn't even think we. I, I, didn't, I actually didn't think that that was the case yet, <laughs> to be very honest. And
0: yeah, man, and, I'm definitely not 14 figures away from complete 82 to. Oh, sorry, 83. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, 83 to 89. 83
0: yeah. to 89 collection. Yeah, bravo! But, but, hey, and, that uh, deserves a round of applause, man. That's that's some <laughs> persistence right there. Take a Thanks, bar. dude. Uh, but in and amongst your other collecting habits like yeah you're impressive man you definitely are a focused collector thank you i mean not not focused i mean (laughs) you're you're a shotgun collector but you surprisingly hit a lot of targets right that's with a shotgun (laughs) with bird shots
1: i I use a scorched earth policy no the thing is like i I think the magic of gi joe and i think one of the things that like makes it such a priority for me. You know, if if I'm looking at a at a GI Joe for example of like 600 rand or 900 rand or whatever, it very quickly supersedes anything else that I'm looking to buy. Um and that's not because like I have a hole in my collection and I have to fill it. Uh that's because I really love I would say 98% of all of these toys. Like at least I'm talking straight carded stuff here. Never mind, just vehicle drivers, vehicle drivers. That's a whole different boat. Vehicle drivers for me are like little bonuses. Um, but just, I just love them. Like, it's so cool. Like, I mean, now I'm busy. I'm, I'm waiting for a DJ to sort of shake loose for, from an auction. And, uh, I have contacted the seller and I'm just waiting for a response from his email, uh, so that we can close the deal faster instead of me having to wait until the 15th, for example. But, um, like I'm really excited about this DJ in my collection. I'm really excited to have this toy, and I know a lot of people like hate DJ, blah blah blah, but it's fascinating. Like just the little clip that goes in his shoulder and his little antenna and all of that. That's great, and I and I'm thinking about how cool it's gonna be when I have it and what I'm gonna do with the toy and and what kind of like stories will pop up in my head, and that's the thing that's like exciting about this collection is that GI Joe always brings something a little bit new to the table, which is great for me, and and that's what it's about, and. And it doesn't help <laughs> when we do very cool reviews on very cool Benelux catalogues <laughs> that make me that, that just just further fuel the, the sort of fantasy of, of these toys and things that you can do with them.
0: And part uh, three coming to YouTube this week. Hell yeah. And Click I the mean, notification I <laughs> bell to be notified as soon as it drops. Ta-da! And, ta-da! and and it's going to be kind of, it's going to be
1: like a really bittersweet for me when I do collect, I uh, finish this collection, because I also, I'm excited about getting the 90s stuff, but I also don't want everything from the 90s. There's certain, there will be holes in my collection. And I think they will always be there from the 90s. And that's just because there's a lot of like repaints and things like that, that I'm not particularly interested in. Um, but yeah, man, uh, this is exciting for me. This is really, really cool. And I was just, i like i am i'm always curious and that's why i want to hear what you guys say in the comments because i want to celebrate that with you you know like it's great to be able to finish collections and things like that especially if you don't intend on re, uh, on reselling it one day especially if it's just this is these are your toys and and coming back to the he-man thing i could just imagine and i've spoken about this before i call it the dream you know when you have this dream you walk into a toy shop and all of a sudden there's gi joe's in this toy shop like for some reason they found some box that was missing in the back in the back of their warehouse for like the last 20 years and they just unpacked it and it just happens to be like every GI Joe you've ever wanted or whatever and you you know you feverishly grab them all and uh, throw them into your cart and you r- run off to the to go and kind of pay for them and then your card doesn't work and then the ATM doesn't work and then oh my God it's, ah, and then you wake up
0: Oh, you constantly you know, get roadblocks to, and not the action figure roadblock, but roadblocks to trying to get those damn things to come home with you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Constantly and, out of reach. Oh, and- thanks, Dream. But then again, I'd sure prefer dreaming that than the kind of panicked dream that I had last night, which was I was back at varsity and I hadn't studied for the big exam. oh my goodness trying to glean whatever information i could from my colleagues before going into the exam venue like uh uh, and what about uh yeah oh crazy man terrifying
1: those are terrifying um so yeah so i just want to raise a glass to the masters of the universe fans because those guys must be having a special moment right now you know that must be euphoric for a lot of them especially i know especially in south africa because it's very uncommon for something like that to happen and they're having that and that's why we have this fervor and that's one of the reasons that this pushed and, and strengthened this conversation because like i said walking into a toys rice and hearing that somebody and his friend had spent eight thousand rand collectively to buy all of the he-man figures that were there i mean that's insane but i understand that because had they been vintage joes I may have also blown four or five grand on GI Joe's. Bills
0: be dead, <laughs> and <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, where are well, we, we lucky? Line? They're just not making the product we want to buy. Damn <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a problem. I mean, yeah. Look, it seems Masters of the Universe collectors are well catered to, mm. um, but but I guess Masters of the Universe never needed to move past its iconic looks Mm. and anytime it tried it was a mistake so they know what masters universe's uh, sweet spot is i think with gi joe it's a little bit more amorphous and there's a lot Mm. more room for trying new things like the classified line but uh we we we're, we're dabbling i'm at least in my mind going to a place that is fertile ground for another topic which is the scale wars which according to our buddy, Bobby Valor, have been won by the six inch. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we are dinosaurs as three and three quarter inch Joe collectors and our toy line, very rightfully so is dead. Mm. Long live the toy line. Long live (laughs) our toy line. And it's not a bad thing. I love there being a cap to what I need in this world of toys because priorities you know if there's an open end to our toy collect like if i was a six inch collector right now and spoiled for choice as to <laughs> like wow I, I i can now have an entire marvel and dc and you know a fledgling gi joe unit in scale with one another plus all the other big brands intermediate brands and small ips everything all playing nicely under one scale whoo yeah magic would be well it would be punishing on my credit card
1: (laughs) yes it would be it would would be super difficult
0: to resist i mean oh it's crazy but anyway yeah so but i think i think what is what is lovely to draw from this this conversation is that both of us are very satisfied Mm. with with where we are at the moment it's not like we are starting out with this enormous hill to climb, we kind of can kind of relax into it a little bit and, and enjoy what we've got, which is something that I've always tried to be a strong proponent of. Um, As collectors, we we so often just are more in love with the thrill of the chase than the acquisition. Uh, And that's fine because you're getting that dopamine hit. You're enjoying yourself. It's fun, but what does it say about the stuff you've amassed already? Are you just kind of leaving them in your wake and forgetting about them? Or is there an opportunity to take them down and enjoy them? This is why outlets like toy photography are so important. And for GI Joburg and, and our followers, the toy play motion, uh, work that has been, you know, there's been a smattering out here and there and everywhere, which is wonderful coming from all quarters. Um, it's great that people are getting out there and having fun with their toys, playing with them, leaving these little messages in a bottle for future generations on Earth. It's like, yeah, that's how we used to do it, guys. Before all our entertainment was interactive and came from a tablet. Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and and limits limits are a thing, and yeah, just appreciation is another thing. I mean. I, I like that I can take my entire GI Joe collection as it stands. I can pretty much throw all my toys, all my my figures into like basically two shoe boxes, and I've got all my little weapon boxes, all my accessory boxes, and that's it. So damn, son, like, you got big feet. Two shoe boxes for all your Joes. Yeah, man. I yes, those poor dudes are like stuffed in there. I'm, and I'm talking vintage specifically, <laughs> with a smattering here and there of one or two of my favorite modern era. <laughs> but, tiger force back baby i'm right Forsyth baby back. that that, that <laughs> he, he comes with me so uh i know that this uh, i know that you like to throw this in but i have actually got something from the letters page
0: what, <laughs> what? paul
1: i know shock horror somebody actually sent
0: me mail <laughs> for the, the center for cannot hold carry on robert kalupitan right oh hello rob
1: he goes, hey, Paul, I had this in mind after watching the uh, Joe pod, the podcast a while back about the pogo. I believe I can help make the pogo a bit cooler now. When I listened to your Defiant vs. pogo f- uh, face-off, it was a mismatch, one-on-one. However, if you put these technical parts that I believe it may have uh, added additional advantage and tactical knowledge. <laughs> Here it goes. Point one. In Terra alone, this was given inspiration to uh, to him via the mobile suit Gundam mobile suits like the Zoc the ball and the very maneuverable space type modified mobile armor units. Technically imagine anime high maneuverable mix. Uh, if, uh, hammer was a mecha fan, he definitely could have made the Pogo so awesome, but it could have made it more sci-fi, which is understandable as he's uh, more into realism. But imagine this, the Pogo is a high maneuver vehicle that can use the terrain, urban cities, and even large mazed walls to its tactical advantage, bouncing off and doing these, uh, doing flips, like, an, like a mobile suit ace pilot would. The 360-degree guns give gunslinging finesse and unlimited range shots. That makes the Pogo a gunslinging, a gunslinging pod capable of taking out small vehicles and dodging counterattacks due to its acrobatic maneuvers. Like a Mecha, the maneuvers are, uh, are, are filled with finesse. Same goes in Space too. The two missiles, high-maneuverable as well, just imagine flashy maneuvers with awesome cool flip maneuvers while shooting. I love you, Robert. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, then second, a repositionable mountain terrain gun emplacement that can jump around the cliffs or go to the edge of mountains or canyons or even large hillsides or ruins, giving high ground defenses, aka like the Asp, okay? Or other, uh, other the Asp rather. Back in space, a swarm of these guys are quite capable of defeating the Defiant, even with only two missile, missiles each, given if the ordnance are high-maneuver-smart missiles, giving the Pogo a, a feel like a TIE fighter or a Valkyrie from Macross. So, yeah, that's cool.
0: Like, detailed I response, man. Oh, I, I wish that, there was like an Elseworlds retelling of G.I. Joe that was totally anime. You know, like we've got a Japanese animated X-Men cartoon. I think it only had one season, but it's just so different so different and yeah resetting gi joe in that anime vibe with that macros style combat you know with just like cloud clouds of missiles launching off every sky striker yeah yeah Yeah. exciting man it's so they have fun with things like the flag and the defiant (laughs) very very cool
1: and um yeah, and any letters that you have seen, or anything that you or postbox the
0: GI Joe book, or postbox the book, always, <laughs> brother, always. <laughs> Rob, with his use of the word "flip," kind of reminds me that like "flip" in South African lingo is a placeholder for the f bomb. It can be, flip, yeah. man. I crashed flip the car. <laughs> I flipped him off. Yeah. Okay, that's a, a slightly different context, but yeah, no, like you would just say "flip." where you, you would normally say an expletive. Yeah, but yeah. just a random grab bag of messages uh, on our, on our mobile command center review, which was shot years ago, but is our most watched video on YouTube. Don Squires says, I chose the Rolling Thunder over this. I stand by my choice even to this day. Mm. Hmm. What would you say to that, Paul? Rolling Thunder or MCC?
1: Um, I'm still a hundred percent MCC if I have to, if I could only choose one.
0: Yeah. Gun uh, to the head. I, love- I mean, they're yeah. not, they're not actually, uh, mutually exclusive, The yeah. one is a nerve center. The other is a weapon, pure yeah. and simple, but, uh, yeah, if, if you were faced with two big boxes and had to choose one, uh, I don't know. Depends if you're an action kid or you're a planning kid do you want the briefing or do you want the all out mayhem
1: or you can have both in the form of the rocc the rolling operations
0: command center (laughs) the rock Rock don't have that many guns man the rock is surprisingly subtle i mean it 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 looks like a military vehicle sure but it it just as easily kind of fits the format of a big rig like truck and uh, if you read the box blurb it's equipped with holography so it can actually, as GI Joe's mobile command center on the run, as it were, from Cobra, it can change its appearance to look like a truck. I'm sure they yeah, used that Paul. on the Sigma Six cartoon. Mm. I can't remember though.
1: Oh, well, I can't remember because I never watched it. I mean, I watched three episodes of it. So, yeah. all right. <laughs>
0: so Paul would go MCC. I would go MCC as well because I just, I just love having a briefing room. Pure and, and simple. Just a nice staging area where you have the guys talking about what they're going to do. I found the Rolling Thunder to be quite limited in terms of its use. Is it frontline? Well, it's got all those guns, but do you really want to risk it? Hmm. Hmm. Red Ruin, or sorry, Rend Ruin, uh, offers that if we'd ever like any sequences shot in Japan, that he would, he, she... This person <laughs> rend ruin would uh, would gladly volunteer their services. That's amazing. Thank you. That would be Japan. fantastic, actually. Yeah. Oh man, watching that Age of Samurai documentary on Netflix and the incredible reenactments and all the beautiful B-roll uh, scenery shots of like mists rolling into Japanese forests surrounded by mountains. Beautiful scenery. <laughs> so sexy. So that, w- that is a very tantalizing offer indeed, Rendruin. And just uh, to cap off some of the, the feedback from last week's topic on Budo, oh. Att- Attila Pota commented that I think you guys fall into the trap of worshipping the western idea of the samurai. In truth, they were thugs who seized power for, for far too long in Japan's history. Good riddance, they are gone. Poor oh, buddy, would you like to respond yeah. to uh, your samurai worship, brother?
1: I uh, yeah, I think I I you know what guilty is charged. I am very much in love with that um, side of the you know the, the sort of bushido side of the samurai. I'm very in ha! love with that. And it, you got and him, it,
0: Attila. You got him. And it does. <laughs> Thanks you know, for the comment, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I I didn't want to sit and go into like all of that stuff. I mean, I am very aware that, you know, they, they were quite, uh, for lack of better words, quite totalitarian, uh, and, uh, they did have an iron grip. And I mean, listen, martial arts, as we know them today, a lot of martial arts were designed to protect yourself from the ruling shogunate. I mean, uh, a lot of karate's, uh, origins are actually, well do stem from protecting yourself, from feudal warlords who wished to take over or take your land by force and this was not just your land it was your homestead and it wasn't just yours it was yours and a whole bunch of people that were working this land together and they would come in and roll in and and be bullies and and whatever so it did give people a chance to protect themselves and a very good example of this is a movie called seven samurai which uh i don't want to spoil too much for you but it does Sort of talk about how a village recruits seven samurai to protect them from a bunch of bandits and things only for us to find out that they those bandits are actually serving samurai samurai lords so yes uh i get that uh but you know then you look at guys like musashi um and uh, or miyamoto musashi who did lead a very intense samurai life he was one of those guys and then turned his back on it completely and is now regarded as the sort of the father of you know the the sort of bushido the way of the warrior that the that bushido mindset and so yes i agree with uh with our our commenter um and that maybe i am a little bit in love with the sort of romantic side of the samurai but i'm definitely not blind to to the horrors and stuff that they did unleash
0: yeah look at the end of the day they were the military arm of some very oppressive regimes in japan's Mm -hmm. civil war and Mm. and history always has two two sides well far too often it's the victors who write the history books but yeah if you've fallen on the wrong side of history certainly the guys putting you to the edge of the sword would be hated Um. And, yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of thuggery and and bad, bad juju as well. I mean, by being classed as a samurai, you weren't necessarily a philosophical warrior poet with uh, good ethics running around in the back there. Sometimes you were just pure and simple, a violent thug who wanted to live and die by the sword.
1: Exactly. And um, a lot of the time, samurai for all of those great honorable intentions did do a lot of very heinous things, um, and break, and they did break their own rules. And they did find a lot of ways to break those rules, you know, and, uh, to just cut up whoever they wanted to, for example. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that, that they're perfect. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a reason they were disarmed at some point. Um, yeah, it's crazy actually.
0: And on the way out, SEO Toy Review once again delivered a 1989 top 10 figure list. This one is perhaps the most surprising of all for me in that it includes three subgroup figures. But uh, just to cut to the chase, Paul, who do you think was number one?
1: Number one? uh, Rephrase Mm. that
0: question for me. I'm a little bit um uh... <laughs> he's busy looking up the answers no doubt no no who, no who do you imagine was voted by the gi joe a raw 1982 to 1994 facebook group to be the most popular or best figure of the year
1: 1989 oh uh I'm looking at 1989 now. It actually just happens to be on my screen. We all know it should be Snake Eyes, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the Ali Viper. Hmm. Hmm.
0: hmm. Your instincts serve you well. Ali okay. Viper, indeed. It's a hot toy. So, I know. In spite of being literally a hot color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well no i i I just thought about that it's not literally hot it's not hot to the touch but (laughs) it's uh it would be classed as a hot color listen if that toy was released today it would be called like predator vision variant or something yeah totally (laughs) Necker would do it as like a video game uh special coloring or something or something yeah yeah Cool. Yeah, hey. Snake Eyes was some way down the list. In fact, I think Nightfall Shockwave even supplanted uh, Snake Eyes version 3. So, there you go, man.
1: How do you feel about Nightwave uh, Nightfall Shockwave by the way? Like loved, I know you I loved
0: him until I didn't, until I realized but Shockwave is supposed to be blue. Yeah. You know, like like recoloring him like that just makes him so dull, so ununique. He's just poor man's... Oh, huh. I was about to say poor man's discount beachhead, but... Uh, he's really un- not. <laughs> yeah, Nightfall Shockwaves uh, outnumber or outvalue uh, beachhead. Broken crotch notwithstanding. I mean, beachhead's crotch, as we've said before on this very same episode, is uh, the kind of thing that we just flies off action. at a moment's notice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> crotch firing action. Oh, gosh. Him and, and- Duke. Him and Duke. Dicks everywhere. Oof.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh dude that is not, that is my like biggest fear with my toys but i try not to have that fear in my mind when i play with my toys but i'm always very cautious with. The if, you've got
0: stre- <laughs> if you've got stress marks appearing on the crotch it's not necessarily a bar to you playing with it i would just advise and this is something i've done with a vintage scarlet and we all know how thin her crotch is i've shorted up with a little bit of super glue and a little thin layer of filler so if you're handy with those, those two items, I'm saying by filler, I just mean a very fine powder. I used yeah. tapioca starch because that's what I had lying around. little bit of super glue, very fine layer, a little bit of tapioca starch over that, and a little bit of super glue on top. Boom. Cool. It creates, and it's on the inside of the crotch, so you're not seeing it. Mm. And it just adds a layer of, of buffer of additional strength. I don't know a what the long-term le- effects of this is. I'm kind of going off what I learned from toy Palloy. but so well, far so good. I can handle my scarlet with a clear conscience. Uh,
1: I'm not worried. You know, do you know that I recently saw that tip for uh, plastic reparation for car parts, right? Yeah. So like guys actually use that to repair certain plastic pieces in cars. They use that same kind of technique where they use a, like, like a kind of a powder. I, I, I mean, you use the type of starch filler, but they use like baking powder or something with super glue or something. I don't know, but I, I, please don't hold me. Don't, don't like go, Oh, Paul said this works.
0: Look at look. There are glues are on the markets that sell a powder alongside to add that kind of filler and bond. But I guess I'm here to say that for fixed jobs like this, even household tapioca. products, yeah, household products will do. I mean, I've, I've, I've done, done a few elbow cracks that way, filled it with tapioca starch. And then Dude, that's so cool. once it's yeah. all set and it doesn't take long at all, taking a very fine grit sandpaper and sanded it down so that it's totally smooth. There's no kind of like glue bump where the, the super glue went. And, hey, if you're really OCD and you want to find a paint match to then cover over the seam, or it's not a seam. It's it's totally flush by that point once you've sanded it down. Um, but if you want to paint over the the whiteness of that filler, I suppose you could. Cool. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, how OCD are we getting here? Elbow cracks yeah. don't bother most people. I'd say, you know, just, just in terms of, Avoiding it cracking any further, this might be a, a useful fix. But wow, we have covered a gamut on this one, Paul. We totally Even have. How to's. What? How to's.
1: And we just need to welcome one,
0: uh, a new member of the
1: Berg Force. What? Uh, what? Yeah, Mr. Chris Miwa uh, from Chasing 80s Toys. He has joined the Berg Force and uh, yeah, he's on our Patreon. Thank you, Chris. It's Great to have you, man. Um, and thanks uh,
0: for the support before becoming a patron. I mean, yeah. this guy was always very, very quick to, to put very po- positive and, and thoughtful comments on our videos. So, welcome to Bergforce, Chris. <laughs> Good to have no. you, man. We've got some quality guys up in here. And thanks to everyone who supports us in a number of varieties of ways, be it comments, be it likes, be it shares, be it... Facebook group membership, you know, we are grateful for the gamut of people that uh, have decided to to take up residence in Jo'burg. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Just like my collection, this venture that we started back in 2011, Paul, <laughs> uh, has exceeded my every expectation.
1: In, Who in knew? the wildest
0: ways. Who knew? I mean, back then, literally, it was... Our voice is going out into the void with, you know, nothing coming back on the return signal. Now, not a day goes by where someone doesn't reach out to me and says something cool, says something yeah. awesome. Or just and we've made watch some great chat, friends. Joe.
1: It's so cool. It's just so cool.
0: And that I think is a good note to leave it on, Paul. Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. All right. Yo, Joe Berg, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another week's chat. And you are awesome. Agreed. <laughs> and one day, I
1: really hope that we get to have a beer with you guys again. And yeah.
0: what for All of our listeners?
1: I would love that.
0: That would be amazing. Four? you're going to be <laughs> so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yo, Joe, everybody. And have a wonderful week. We'll catch you next time. Berg.